Hopefully you're having an incredible day today. My name is Alex Light with Sparky3, and I got Shane here in studio. Shane, how you doing? How you feeling? College football is done. We're here in the NFL playoffs. It, it, it kind of it sucks. It sucks. How you feeling? Uh, yeah, it's not a fun time for me. I hate college football being over because it's the longest offseason out, yeah. out of any sport. But, you know, uh, my duties on the show will kind of ramp up from here on with recruiting. That's and true. Paying attention with the with the mock drafts and all the drafts, so I'm excited for that. So, and plus, hey, we got playoffs and Super Bowl coming up. So, speaking of recruiting, how about Jackson State? You know, they already got Travis Hunter, number one prospect in the nation. And they got the fourth ranked wide receiver as well. Yep, yep. De- Deion Sanders making moves. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, HBCUs are are making moves. Um, we have Arkansas had a four star receiver. Um, he transferred Darren Darren Turner. He uh, transferred to Alabama A and M. He announced mm. today. So, and uh, Cameron Ward, uh, he is going to Washington State. That dude blew it up at uh, FCS level, and you know he announced his transfer. And that's the Incarnate Ward. Yep. Um, yep. QB. He passed like fifty eight uh, fifty eight hundred yards or something like that, or fifty eight TDs. It's one of the two. I'm drawing a blank on which, but dude had an electric season. Uh, for them, and so I mean, him going to Washington State, like that's ooh, that's gonna be something to watch. Definitely. Speaking of something to watch with that, uh, I I, just, I mentioned this to you guys earlier. I had no idea that Hawaii got uh, Cooper from Washington State. I didn't I, either. I, that that missed. Like, apparently, it just happened a day ago. I mean, it's within the last you know probably forty eight hours. Um, but uh, I had I missed that one. Did not see that. Speaking of Hawaii, we're gonna talk about that here today. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's some stuff um, to talk about that probably not a lot of people know is going on. <laughs> oh yeah, most definitely. Especially if you're just a casual and you don't listen to the show and you don't really Exactly, exactly. A casual football fan. Hey, look, we have a small but growing platform, okay? And I would like to use that small and growing platform to bring attention to situations that a lot of people don't probably don't know about. I think that's what we all would like to do from time oh, to yeah. time. Uh, but if you could, go follow us on Twitter at TerribleFBShow. We'd appreciate that. As well, you can check out the other shows like GameStatic, Animan Plus, and talk about movies and stuff. And lastly, if you want to support us further, the Patreon is a great way to do so, but don't feel obligated. Just be a friend. Tell a friend. Shout out to Andy, our Tier 1 patron. Uh, obviously, no Tyler this week. Uh, he is going to probably try to come back next week. He's having a COVID situation right now, so T's and P's there. Hopefully, everything is going on well over in the Honeysuckle household and get him back to talk about some uh, playoff football. That's assuming his bills make it out of this weekend. I mean, going Yo. against the Patriots, I mean, you, you, you can never count them out. Never. So, it's going to be tough if the Bills are even going to make it out. And plus, uh, did they split the season series or did, did New England sweep it? Split. I think it was a split. Because New England won the, uh, the that wild-ass Monday Night Football game mm-hmm. that were back through three passes, and I think Buffalo won the next one. I thought so. So, I mean, this is a chance to see who's going to come out on top for the season. But, uh, you know, got a, we had a lot of wild stuff in that last NFL week. Uh, the national championship, of course. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, but got to kick things off here, you know, T's and P's, uh, you know, Don uh, Maynard, you know, Hall of Famer. Of that uh, Super Bowl winning Jets team, you know, number thirteen numbers retired. Joe Namath, number one weapon, he recently passed away. You know, T's and P's there. Then obviously we had the you know the recent passing of John Madden, which Tyler dropped on us in the middle of the episode a couple weeks ago. So it's a sad time, man. And speaking of T's and P's, we lost Betty White New Year's Eve, and then we lost Bob Saget yesterday. I know. 2022. I mean, I still believe it's going to be a great year, but man, it's already kicking off with some with some uh, kicks in the gut. Yeah. 
But anyway, uh, let's take a look at previous week predictions. And unless unless you've got something you, you know, anything on your mind you want to chat about, um, if you don't mind, I'll just talk about my rebrand. Um, just first Absolutely. time, kind of out of there, uh, kind of out speaking public. Which I mean, if you pay attention to me on Twitter, my Twitch, or you try to find me through links on Terrible Football Show, and it's not popping up, that's why I've rebranded. Um, I've officially taken on with the Sparky Three brand. Um, I'm officially Razor E Three. Um, so streams will be starting back, um, as soon as I can get new overlays and, um, everything figured out. But yeah, so I think on Twitter, the Razor E3 was already taken by somebody. So I'm E3 Razor on Twitter, uh, Razor E3 on Twitch and YouTube. And I think it's E3 Razor on Instagram as well. Right on. Uh, so looking forward to when streams can start back up. Uh, what all do you got on your radar? Is Fortnite Madden right now until you can get a new PC to play, play some Halo or something? Yeah, right now it's just stick to those games. I try to play Super People during our big time 24-hour stream, but like my computer was just not having it. So right now it's strictly Fortnite, Madden. Um, I have Among Us I can play. I'm probably going to play some Ark Survival Evolved here soon, probably during our next 24-hour stream. Right. Um, and I have some other games too that's downloaded. I just don't really have anybody to play with, so, you know. I, I know that feeling. <laughs> Pretty much is a stuck sucks of those three games right now. Hey, I don't know if it's in your wheelhouse, but that game I, I tweeted about the other day, The Forgotten City, that is a that is a gem of a game. I'm going to have to look into it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a game that involves, like, a lot of, like, time travel, uh, and you're basically trying to solve a mystery of what, ha- like, what, like, this tragedy that happened to this city. So, basically, you come in here, you find, like, a bunch of, like, golden statues all over the place. You you know, the city is destroyed and stuff, and you find a portal that sends you back 2,000 years in the past when the city's alive. And that everyone's living under this golden law where if they steal or kill or even just attack someone or whatever, like, they'll be turned to gold. Uh, and it, it happens. Like, I mean, if you steal something, you know, you, it'll be like a, like a God voice speaking where it's like the sins of one, you know, causes the suffering of all. And the God, the golden statues come to life, start shooting people with arrows, turn them to gold. And when that happens, you got to run back to the portal and go back in time again. You wow. know, and there's like four different endings for the game. You know, you, you know, you know, it's just solving, you know, solving step-by-step mystery. So each time you find something new, I go back in time again, you know. It's a very fascinating game. Two games that I'm excited about coming out with, um, well, three actually. They're coming out with God of War on PC. Yep. Um, here soon, if it's yep. not out dropping very very soon. Yeah. Um, and then I watched the trailer for the next Spider-Man game with um, it's gonna have P- Peter Parker and Miles Morales yep. in it. Spider-Man. Too, it yeah. looks good. And then also, I saw a trailer today for the next Horizon game. I'm so immensely excited for Horizon. So for excited Midwest. for it. Yeah. Like we have. From the time of this recording, we have 38 days until Forbidden West drops, and I am so pumped. But the one thing I am not pumped about is fighting that giant-ass snake. I am not looking forward <laughs> to fight. I'm not scared of snakes or anything, not like I am spiders, but that just, it, I mean, it's just so fucking massive. I mean, look, the giant fucking T-Rex in the first one scared the shit out of me, especially when I forgot it was a thing, and I'm just walking around my own business. I see this giant fucking thing in the distance walking. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, fight that. Yeah. 
All right. Anyway, let's hop into some football talk here while the people are here, right? That are our bad takes. One of, one of the two. I'm not sure which. Uh, previous week predictions, uh, I went 9-7 in the NFL. Uh, if we count the FCS championship game, I went 1-1 uh, one one because I did not get the FBS correct, but I did get North Dakota State there. Uh, Tyler went 8-8 eight eight in the NFL, 1-1 one one in college. Shane, you went 11-5 in the NFL. Pretty good there. 0-2 in college. But I'll give you like a slight one because you only picked Montana State to try to try to break it from, you yeah, know, we, yeah. we were one game apart. I but know you wanted North Dakota State. I, I was about to say, if, if you go back to the last week yeah. episode, I said North Dakota State's going to yeah. win the game. But, yeah, you know. I, so I, I'll kind of give it to you, you know, you know, but for the sake of formality, you know, unfortunately it's yeah, a yeah, loss, yeah, but yeah, I acknowledge yeah. what you wanted. Yeah, I knew, I knew what I was, yeah. what, I was what my cards were being dealt with. So, And then last week, of course, we did have a guest, uh, Shane's friend Josh. Uh, he went 5-10 in the NFL for his first time predicting, but he did get the college, he get the championship right, so. Yep. Five and ten. Woo, that's rough. Uh, with predictions, with that being the final week of the NFL, uh, we can finally take a look at how we did this past season. Um, so for the NFL, I went 165, 106, and 1. Thursday night football, I went 10 and 8. Uh, noon games went 88, 60, and 1. And, of course, as I've said before, the noon games does include the games that have been played on Saturday. Uh, afternoon games, uh, I went uh, 44 and 26. Sunday night football, 13 and 5. Pretty good there. Uh, Monday night football, 10 and 7. Uh, then, you know, recapping some previous stuff. College, I went 72 and 49. College bowl games now that's wrapped up twenty three fifteen FCS playoffs fifteen and eight bringing me to a grand overall of two seventy five one seventy eight and one not too bad hopping over to Tyler uh, Tyler went one fifty seven one fourteen and one for the NFL that's a ten and eight record for Thursday night football ninety one fifty seven and one for noon forty one twenty nine afternoon ten and eight for Sunday night and five and twelve for Monday night not good there fifty eight sixty three for college twenty eighteen for college bowls nine and fourteen for the playoffs for FCS playoffs that's Bring him to a 244, 209, and 1. And Shane, since you've been on the show, uh, you went 62 and 60 for the NFL, br- breaking that down a little bit further. 2 and 6 for th- Thursday Night Football, 36, 31 for the noon, uh, 17, 15 for afternoon, 5 and 3 for Sunday Night Football, 2 and 5 for Monday Night Football, 17, 15 for college games, uh, 21, 17 for college bowl games, 13 and 10 for FCS, bringing you to a grand total of 113, 102. How are you feeling about that? Um, kind of disappointed on the Monday night and Thursday night games. Right. Um, and then also kind of disappointed on the college bowl games because I started off so hot. Yeah, you did. I was like first <laughs> for like the first two weeks and then it all went downhill. Um, and uh, as far as this college in general, I was expecting me to go a little bit higher than 17 or 15, but you know, it is what it is. Hey, we got this upcoming season. It's yep. chance to bounce yep. back. Yep. I'd say the biggest area where I've got to bounce back is I got to get these spreads together. I'm going to have to actually really commit and do research and like follow these teams and how they, and you know, cause I listen to a lot of like, uh, like I'll mostly hammered down for coming out of Pat McAfee show and them just breaking down each team where it's just like, you know, they're this and this against the spread over the last X amount of games. I'm like, I need to do that too, because I want to make fucking money. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, you know, we we introduced this, like, what, two weeks into me, three weeks into me yeah. um, being here. So I'm glad I did the best out of all of us. Yep, Because if did. not, then that would have been pretty bad, but. Uh, for the pre for the spreads, uh, last week in college, I went three and three, bringing me to a twenty twenty two um overall for college. Four and four in the NFL, bringing me to a twenty two and twenty. 
Uh, Shane, you went one and five for college though, yes. uh, but yep. but yep. you did you know, again. You are positive with a twenty four twenty, and you went three and five for the NFL, bringing you to a twenty two twenty. So again, positive for both. Uh, Josh, first time on the show, he went three and three college, five and three NFL, and then Tyler. I didn't actually end up getting his spread picks last week, uh, so his final is just going to be twelve and twenty four, and then fifteen and nineteen. I feel like he he definitely needs the most improvement out of us. I I feel pretty bad about my performance, but Tyler, I still say you don't need to bet, bud. <laughs> Not right now. Let, let's wait. Let, let's wait on it. Let's let's build your, build the knowledge up a little bit. Let's just do practice bets. You know, look at the lines and say, this is what I would bet on and see how it goes. But just yep, don't yep. put the money on it. Yes, don't put the money on it yet. <laughs> just do, do some practice bets. Don't worry. We'll work on it during the offseason, and uh, we'll get you right for, for next season. You'll be making some money. That's yeah, well, we got it. We got it. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and jump into talking points. We'll, we'll, we'll start off with college because not a lot to talk about there. With college season pretty much done. We only had one game being the championship. Shane, you got to check this out. You hit me up last night about it. I was dead-ass tired, or I would have probably accepted your offer to watch it with you. But uh, from what I saw, like the first half was a real defensive battle, and the second half Georgia just kind of uh, lit it up a little bit with uh, some good plays on offense and some more good plays on defense with that pick sealing it up. But uh, how did you feel about the game? Yeah, I think – so in the second half, I mean, in, in the first half, it was definitely Alabama's game to, to lose. They were definitely doing what they needed to do, and they weren't scoring touchdowns like they like they normally would in the red zone. Um, but that's just props to that Georgia defense, um, and more importantly, that, de- that Georgia front seven. Um, they were getting pressure on Bryce Young, which they weren't able to do in the SEC championship game. And... Um, on Alabama's side as well, they were missing their starting right tackle, yeah. starting left guard, two receivers. I mean, they had like two freshmen. Now, given they're very talented players still, but when you don't get reps in game and then you're thrown into a national championship game, um, and we saw early from Stetson Bennett in the first half, he he kind of showed he was overwhelmed, right? First play of the game, he got sacked. That's all I had, A yeah. couple plays later, he fumbled the ball. So, and he wasn't kind of, and Georgia's offense kind of staled out because I think the moment was kind of getting ahead of Stetson. But on the flip side, I think second half, I think it kind of got into Bryce's head as well because um, with missing all these pieces, he kept, I think he kept trying to be Superman, kept trying to do it all himself because running game was happening. I mean, I think Bama's largest run of the game was like eight yards. And that was, he, they had one yard, like one rush for eight yards, and that was it. Um, so, you know, Bryce Young on that interception that pretty much sealed the game, He it was just a bad throw. If he would have thrown it four yards forward from where he was, it would have been a touchdown and probably been talking about a different game right now. But instead, um, he throws a bad throw. Georgia defender, defender makes a good play on it, runs it back, and watching the replay, Kirby Smart just sitting there yelling, go down, go down, go down. And like Kirby Smart's literally chasing this man downfield, yelling at him, <laughs> telling him to go down. But he runs it back for a pick six, pretty much steals the game. Um, final score was like, what, 33-18 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 33-18. So, don't know what the over-under was, but I, I'm pretty sure. Like, I know on ESPN last night before the game kicked off, it was 52. Um, but I don't know what. I think we had it at 44 and a half. So it was definitely a bad beat for <laughs> if if so. No, we had it at 52. Oh, yeah? 52 and a half is what we called it on. Yeah. So uh, so that's what, 43? Yeah. I think they went over. No. They didn't? Mm-hmm. Okay. Math is hard then. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah, none of us got that one right. We all predicted the over. Um, Which I think the majority of America did, figuring what happened in that first game. But, I mean, I I expected it to be a high-scoring game. I I expected it to be like 35-24 or something in that range. I mean, that would put it at 59 points, which is clearly over. Um, And I said it, you know, when we first started talking about the national championship game, I figured that Alabama would win the game, but it'd be closer. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, the score was a lot closer than what it looked like because of the last second pick six. But, I mean, Georgia did what they needed to do. Um, I said it. If if they were going to win the game, they needed to get pressure on Bryce Young, which is something that was not existent when it came to that first game. And they were able to get not only pressure, but consistent pressure with only four. Mm -hmm. Um, So that made made the game tough for Bryce Young. Yeah, it did. And ultimately what it comes down to for pretty much any sort of these games, man, battles are won in the trenches. And that I feel like that was a great uh, example of this game is the battle was won in the trenches. Yeah, and really the biggest the biggest upside was um, Georgia's offensive line. Mm. They held – I mean, they were able – on the running game, they were able to, to push Alabama's defensive line and linebackers back a yard or two to give um, – I can't think of his name, but Georgia's running back, you know, room to run. I mean, that fourth quarter, it was six-yard run, seven-yard run, mm-hmm. eight-yard run, nine-yard run, seven-yard run. I mean, it was just pounding. And then um, they threw bomb off play action. That's, that's what Georgia's been doing all year. They've been pounding the ball and running off play action. So, I mean, they did what they needed to do. And we all agreed when, at least when I first came on the show, that we all thought Georgia was the best team. Yep. And – I kind of fell into that kind of Nick Saban, don't count him out after the SEC championship game, but Georgia proved it. They're the best team in college football. So, Yeah, 100%. 100%. Also, I'm assuming, did you see the the uh, little presser after the game with Nick Saban with Bryce Young? I think Will ended up That's a class act, though. I mean, I will say that. Like, I, you know, for – I mean, when it comes to Alabama, I feel like the majority of the country just hates Alabama because they're always just good. But it's one of those things that you got to respect Nick Saban. You got to respect – the team, in my opinion, I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, what other reason do people have to hate Alabama other than a rivalry, or they're just good, you know? Yeah, it's I, not like they're full of scumbags, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you know? yeah, they're definitely not. They're definitely not a team like they. Lane. They command your respect. Exactly, exactly. And the only reason why you do hate them is off of respect, right? Yeah. Because they do win so much. Because yep. you are an Auburn fan, and you yep. just it's a natural rivalry, right? Yep. Um. So, other than that, yeah, you're right. I mean, I have all the most respect for Alabama and Georgia, mm-hmm. um, especially the way Nick Saban runs his team and doing what he did last night at the at that presser. Hats off to him. More coaches need to look at what he's doing. Yeah, I agree. And I imagine uh, how people feel towards Alabama is how uh, people to- feel towards uh, North Dakota State, too. Nine championships in, what, 11 years, I think is what they said? Yep. That's wild. That's wild. That's more. That's a lot more dominant than Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. So I imagine at FCS level is the same thing. A lot of people probably hate North Dakota State because just because they win all the time. <laughs> Most definitely, and really, like, and from my memory, North Dakota State just came out of nowhere. Yeah, um, eleven years ago, just popped out. Just, just popped like here out, we go, just whipping everybody's ass. Well, I, I think they might have won some more championships like mid two thousands, but it was only like maybe like two or three, which is obviously still a lot. But yeah. you know, still, you know, there, you know, then yeah, then the dominance happened. The dominance is what kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Nine out of eleven—that's fucking unreal. 
let's hop over to the next topic here, and we'll jump over to some pros. So, you know, I've said before I'm a Hawaii fan. I like my Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. There is a situation that we would like to talk about here because it kind of it, – it's been, it's been a little bit of a conversation point for a little bit. I was talking to my buddy James today about it, and I was telling him, like, you know, uh, I, I've tapped myself in to the Twitter, you know, Hawaii vein here of trying to catch all the people that actually live in Hawaii and, like, the insiders and shit. So I've been kind of following something like this for a little bit now, but, I mean, because it's gone on since, uh, the you know, the bowl game got announced. Because that bowl game came out of nowhere. It was a makeshift bowl game mm-hmm. um, where Todd Graham's basically just a piece of shit. Is basically you know the base conceptions that I kind of gathered. The players didn't want to play for him. Hence, was all of the transfers they've gotten. They've lost so many players to transfers. It's unreal. Uh, and shout out to all those players. They're going to like Power Five schools and stuff. That's dope. Um, but you know now there's more stuff kind of that's been popping out over just like how the student athletes have been treated. And you know there was one thing that came out from a tight end. Uh, who actually played for Georgia, and he transferred to Hawaii in 2021. Uh, And this is going into his second full year with Hawaii. And he put out, like, a really long statement about Hawaii and the school and just, like, you know, how much he loves it, et cetera, and just the talent that Hawaii has. Because, I mean, again, these players are going to, like, Power 5 schools, except for a couple of them. Shout out to that. Uh, And he was just talking about the conditions for it, man. Like, you know, in terms, like, you know, my playing weight at Georgia was 250. Now my playing weight is 230, but it's not by choice. Because he's like, during season, we'll get, like, you know, two meals a day, but now that's off season, we're getting like one meal a day. You know, meanwhile, like, you know, um, even if you don't really follow the, you know, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, I imagine a lot of people should at least know the top high school in Hawaii because a lot of great players come out of there, St. Louis High. I mean, that's the home of uh, Marcus Mariota, Tua, for example, Orlin Kurtz of uh, Chicago, Tyson Alawalu. A lot of great players come out of that school. I mean, there are players from St. Louis currently on the Hawaii team that says that St. Louis has a lot better you know, facilities and like nutrition program for players than this division one college does where like, you know, you know, there are student athletes at St. Louis, they'll get like three meals a day, easy, plus great facilities. You know, this tight end further went on. Uh, I think it's Colby white. I think is what it was. It is the, the tight end's name. Let's give him some respect here. Um, you know, was talking about how the facilities are crap. Um, you know, they're always flooded with other, you know, other programs or whatever. It's just like, you know, this is a Division One school, and where's the funding to support it? You know what I mean? And I don't know, man. This shines a lot of light on this program, and then it even gets worse. When I saw the news thing that I shared earlier that you got, that you, I, I know Tyler saw, but did you see it as well? Yeah, I think so. Baffles me that this is like actual, like legitimate, like, oh, this is, this is getting fucking real. Cause when I first read it, I had the fact check. I'm like, wait a minute. Is that, is this from an actual news source or is this like some insight? No, that's a legit news source where like uh, one of the Hawaii state senators were saying the legislature would be willing to pay like $1.275 million to buy out Todd Graham's contract you know, if all this is true, man, this is a fucking wild situation. And dude, it, it, and it baffles me that it can get this bad for this school. Cause I understand it's like, you know, mountain West, you know, kind of, you know, subpar conference, you know, one that, what do they call it? What are those five conferences? The G five, I think. Yeah. Group of five. Yeah. The group of five. I mean, I get it, you know, it, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, I feel like Hawaii should sell itself most of the time. It's fucking Hawaii. You know what I mean? It's Hawaii, and you have, like, easily, like, top five best uniforms in the country. No contest, you know. And, again, it's Hawaii. I feel like this shit sell itself, you know, to make it a competitive program. But, man, what the hell is going on over there? I mean, for the fact that we have state senators that are stepping up saying that, hey, the legislature of the state is willing to pay this amount of money to buy out a coach's contract because of the possible uh, allegations where it's affecting these kids – 
That's wild to me. This is a this is an insane situation that I don't think people's talking enough about. Yeah, I agree, and it's definitely like an unheard of thing, right? Like, imagine if like let's let's put it let's put it in Arkansas. Let's talk about Arkansas there. Imagine if that came out of Arkansas, where like senators of the state of Arkansas would be willing to do that to get rid of Sam Pittman. Yeah, or even before that, get rid of Chad Morris yeah. or you know something like that. Like that would have been. Just because I wouldn't, I wouldn't say just because it's Arkansas, but just because we're a Power Five conference, like that would be everywhere. Exactly, everywhere, and like even even going farther, like imagine if it was like a Texas. Yeah, yeah, you know, like that the walls would be burning down around them. But I think um, just because it's Hawaii and it's a Mountain West team, and that. You know, not everybody really gets to pay attention to if you're not a, an actual fan of Hawaii or just a football fan in general. Right. You're not really going to be paying attention to this, and it's something that definitely needs to be talked about because what the fuck is Like what you said, what the hell is going on down there? Yeah, like, I mean, again, it's a D1 school, man. So, like, what Kobe was saying about, like, where's the, like, the funding? Like, the money should be there. I mean, in, in my opinion, it should be there. Again, it's a D1 school. You're not a D1 school for nothing. I mean – you're you're there for a reason, and plus again, it's Hawaii, dude. I mean, the state makes money. <laughs> like, let's be real, Most the definitely. state makes money. They probably make eighty percent of their stuff just off of um, tourists. Exactly. I mean, because it's fucking Hawaii. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. The situation's wild. Uh, I mean, in my mind, like, I, I I've wanted Todd Graham to go for a little bit because I don't think he's the answer. I mean, I just don't. At this point, let's get June Jones back in there. You know, <laughs> let's get June Jones back in there, dude. Uh, I mean, you know, Todd Graham, you know, in my opinion, just needs to go. This is ridiculous. And if there is, like, this sort of situation going on, which, I mean, I saw no one dispute it. That's the big thing. No one disputed this. Like, no other, you know, student athletes, obviously, which, I mean, why would you turn against your teammate anyway, I guess. But, um, you know, no one else disputed this. You know, everyone's like, you know, I saw people sharing it. It's like, oh, yeah, this is happening. You know, <laughs> this is happening. We only get, like, one meal a day now. It's the off season. But that's fucking ridiculous to me. Yeah, it really is. Um, and especially for him to still come out and say, like, you know, Joy, I was a bulldog, and that was my alma mater, but now his I pride is it, here. His pride is in Hawaii, and he will ever be a, a, a raider or whatever, a warrior. warrior. And, um, I mean, that's big time. It is. I mean, from a from a, a player and a big-name player, big a really good player to come from Georgia into Hawaii and then experience this type of stuff and speak out about about it, to have the not only the courage to do it, yeah. but um, because, I mean, you got to think, what, what is his teammates thinking right now, you know? Right. Like, oh, well, well, yeah, it's a bad situation, but, like, what are you to, you know, out what's going on here? Even though that, I mean, he's completely right that that should not be happening. Yeah, but so and what you're saying about the courage to speak out—that's a big thing. Because I mean, you got to think there's going to be a lot of pe- there's going to be a lot of players on that roster that are not going to know necessarily how to necessarily speak out. I feel like the only players that would really know to like say point something out that something's really wrong is in a case like him where he comes from another school, a power five school, or, you know, like he even pointed out, let's say anyone that was recruited by Hawaii that was recruited from St. Louis, you know, because apparently St. Louis is fucking popping, which I I do understand that is the case. St. Louis fucking pops. So, I mean, it, you know, you, let's say you get some other kid that was recruited there, right? Not a transfer from some, you know, kind of you know normal regular high school from like, you know, somewhere in Southern Cali or whatever. Like, it's not like it's some fucking five-star school. You know, they may not know any better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for a guy like him to step up and like, yo, this is fucked up. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a thing to where like, 
you know, typically if you're recruiting a kid from a lower end high school, they may be like, oh, man, this is dope. Exactly, exactly. You know, but seeing a guy coming from a Power 5 or like St. Louis High School inside of Hawaii when that's not normal. You get three meals a day. You get yeah. proper facilities, proper weight room, proper nutri- nutrition, um, proper coaches with training experience as far as like um, athletic training, to, you know, take care of your ankles and yeah. your body and things like that. With them not doing that, like, it's definitely like, come on now. The, there's some kind of funding that's either coming in and not getting there or they're just saying fuck it and it's not funding it period so there's definitely some stuff going on hopefully they get that figured out yeah and the last thing that i'll add there is like you know shane and i you know we want to stress that hey we're not fucking idiots we understand that like naturally george is going to have a lot more money coming in that's fucking obvious of course but the bottom line is is what colby was pointing out this is a division one college and the funding should reflect that. You know, I'm not going to sit here and expect them to have the most unbelievable top-tier fucking, like, locker rooms and shit that we've seen at schools, you know, that look like a fucking pro team. I'm not expecting that. But at the very goddamn least, let's get fucking three meals a day to these kids. Yeah. At the very – come on. Like, 100%. So that, it's, I mean, the, it's the little things like that that make no sense. You know what I mean? It's 100%. the little things. I mean, you can go to a school like Coastal Carolina, right? Yeah. Or something like that. And I'm, I guarantee you that they get three meals a day and then plus their nutritionist sa- snacks throughout the yep. day. Because, you know, they're not going without, you know, protein bars or, right. you know, or some kind of some kind of supplements to keep their body right. Um, it's kind of like a, it's like a bottom line th- type thing. Like, yep. it doesn't have to be, and not necessarily that they don't have the funding for it, but it is a... A group of five team, they're not going to have the funding that Georgia has or like a Texas or like an Alabama or even like an Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, we're not even a top program as far as football, um, but our facilities are top five in the country. Mm-hmm. But that's just because, you know, Walmart and we got Jerry Jones backing us. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that definitely helps. But yeah, yeah. it just comes to like all it takes is a bare minimum and you can't even do that. Yeah, and, that, and that's the problem. That's what needs to be looked at. I'm going to continue to monitor that situation. We'll see what comes out of it. Uh, let's hop over to some pro talk here because obviously with the end of the regular season, we have what is notoriously known as Black Monday uh, where we start hearing about firings and stuff. One of these actually came out before Black Monday even came because uh, Denver, they played on Saturday and lost, and we heard Sunday that Vic Fangio was being fired. Um, then come Monday, I got the news that I've been waiting on. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace is gone. Uh, I knew Nagy was gone. Ryan Pace, was that was the big question mark, if he was going to get moved to another role or not. I knew he was out as GM. Uh, Vikings fired uh, their coach Zimmer, which not surprising there, but I think the surprising part was their GM Rick Spillman being fired. I think that caught a lot of people off guard. I was even, I was even listening to an interview on the Pat McAfee show with Ian Rapport, even Ian Flout said that one caught me off guard. I didn't see that one coming. But I think the biggest one that caught everyone off guard was the Dolphins firing Brian Flores. That one came out of left fucking field. Um, I, I don't see how you can fire a coach that went nine and one in the year. I really don't. Yeah. See, I was looking. I was looking at ESPN. I was watching the national championship game when, like, it was scrolling on the bottom or whatever, like, oh, they fire Flores, you know, and they are showing, like, his overall record. Like, they were showing the negatives, right? His overall record over the five seasons or whatever he's been there was, like, 26 and 25. He was 0 and 5 in the playoffs. Um, so, like, looking at that, you're like, okay, he's, he hasn't been doing that. But 
if you look at the at the kind of franchise that he was building, what kind of um, culture he was building to go nine and one and to beat the New England Patriots on the last year, the uh, last game of the year, you've got to see that progress. Yeah. Right. And even if it took, okay, let's stick him out with another year. If he goes, you know, in 10 games, if he goes under 500, then we show, okay, he just got a good streak. But what if he would have been retained and they went eight and two in the first 10 games, you know, next year? Exactly. But now you never know. You fired him. And honestly, um, he'll find a job somewhere. Yeah, he's so. he's a top coaching candidate right now. After this, and to my understanding, what it come to, what it came down to is apparently him and the GM didn't get along, and the GM has been with the Dolphins since uh, two thousand. Uh, not as a GM, he's only been GM for the past five years, but he's been with the Dolphins organization since two thousand. Yeah. So that's what it came down to is that him and the GM didn't get along, and I feel like hearing that news. I feel like that also puts in perspective a, a few of, uh, you know, kind of weird decisions this past offseason, like, for example, cutting Kyle Van Noy. Uh, that made no sense to me at all. You just signed him the year before. He was a captain on your team. He had a really good year in Miami, and you cut him, and then he's now playing in your in-division rival, the Patriots, and you're still paying him while he's playing on the Patriots. Like, that made no sense to me. There were a couple other moves that didn't make any sense to me. Uh, and now I feel like maybe this has something to do with the GM, you know, where it's just like they just couldn't see eye to eye. Maybe Brian didn't want to do these things. Obviously, when it came to the two of stuff last year with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzpatrick was on a fucking roll. I mean, he was leading that team, and then he just got randomly benched for Tua, which, again, it needs to happen eventually. It's your first overall pick, you know, your number, you know, first-round pick, whatever. But, uh, I mean, you're taking – I feel like we've all seen it too many times where you, if you take away the hot hand, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fall f- flat for you. I mean, it's happened to the Bears before. Uh, when you know, I remember years ago when uh, Jay Cutler went down and got hurt, I think it was like I think it was I think it was Josh McCown actually. Love Josh McCown. He got a, he got on a fucking streak. He had a hot hand. Uh, if I remember correctly, he threw ten t, uh, three, uh, ten TDs to no interceptions in the games that he played. Uh, but you know, once Jay came back and was healthy, we gave it back to Jay. And this is late season going into the playoffs. You know, if I, I probably would have kept. I like Jay. I've always been a Jay supporter, but I would have kept the hot hand. And it's the same thing with Miami. I would have kept the hot hand of fit. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like the, hearing that news that the GM and uh, Flores didn't get along had had a lot to do with it. Uh, but you're 100 percent right. I mean, the dude's going to have a job. I mean, he's already being lined up for different interviews that we've already seen. Um, you know, another one that just opened up literally right before we started recording was Joe Judge. Uh, you know, we saw the news yesterday for Dave Gettleman retiring. Air quotes. That was the that it, it was going to situation of you can either retire or you're fired. It's one of the two. Yeah. And apparently the the general. The general, you know, thing that I'm hearing is that Dave Gettleman is apparently a nice guy, but just didn't do the cuts. They didn't want to fire him, and so it was a, like a forced retirement thing. But Joe Judge originally was supposed to be retained, which made no sense, zero sense. Which, uh, but which, now he's out. Yeah, which again, I think that kind of speaks for what the Giants, you know, front office is a mess right now. Like in my eyes, if you're coming out publicly. Now, it's another thing if you say it privately and it gets leaked um, because then, you you know, he say, she say kind of thing. But if you come out publicly in a presser and be like, yeah, we're going to retain him and Daniel Jones for another year and then two weeks later fire him, it's like, okay. Now, what coach is going to go there and be like, okay, well, maybe whatever they say is a load of shit. Like, you know. So that's, that's kind of skeptical, It's on, in my opinion, with that front office. But. Yeah, and to my understanding, it's just because that he lost the locker room. 
I mean, no one wanted to play for him is what it came down to. I mean, he needed to go. I mean, I mean, first off, let's talk about what the fuck was that play on Sunday. Did you see that? That fucking QB sneak on your own goal line? A third and nine at your goal line? Yeah. And you cover a goal line formation QB sneak? The only, what are you doing? Yeah, the only thing I could think of is that he was maybe hoping to get, you know, two to four or five yards or so just to give the punter more room. But even then, I mean, you have a – fucking running back for a reason yeah just give it to the it, I, I don't even i don't know if barkley was playing or not but just give it to whoever you gotta like i understand daniel jones man he's got some wheels let's go ahead and give the man a little respect he but that not. but that, one, that situation was just stupid yeah he may not have he may not have balance but he has wheels yeah that, <laughs> that's true he does not have balance speaking of i like how uh Patrick Mahomes took a shot at that. Did you see that? Mm-mm. It was in like a post game interview, whatever. He they they someone asked him about uh, about it, about a run where he like stumbled and caught himself back up. He na- he name dropped Daniel Jones, Damn. where he was just like, yeah, you know, and and no disrespect to him, but I, I did my best trying to pull a Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah, that was tough watching that live, dude. That was yeah, like 70, that 70 yard run. I know. Trip that line <laughs> just reached up and grabbed his ankle, man. I know, dude. Uh, all right, let's hop over and let's talk about some interview requests because we've already kind of talked about uh, Jacksonville a couple weeks ago, obviously, at some different interviews they were lining up. And a lot of these names are the same. I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, I haven't seen any Miami names yet. I have actually seen no news on Miami, uh, but that's also because I'm hearing some rumors that maybe Jim Harbaugh to Miami, which I don't uh, – that's kind of interesting to me. Uh, I haven't seen anything really for Denver yet. Uh, I mean, not Denver, sorry, Minnesota, and it'll probably be the same names. And New York, so fresh that we probably won't see the names. I, I think yet. right now with the teams that just recently fired their teams, like the Giants yeah. and the Dolphins, they're going to wait for these other teams to interview since they've fired earlier and, ha- and putting these requests sooner. Yeah, um, they're going to try to follow suit, but they're going to oh, be left most behind. Definitely, they're going to be left definitely. behind. Um, they, and it may come into a situation to where they're kind of just picking up from, you know, the rest. Yeah. Get, so. yeah they, they might be stuck into that situation of grabbing the scraps, but, uh, let's start with one of your squads. Let's start with Denver. A lot of interview requests come in. A couple of these, very interesting. Uh, so they, they have put in a request for the Rams OC, Kevin O'Connell to be expected. KCOC. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, uh, both Dallas coordinators, Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. Uh, this one's interesting. New England linebacker coach, a uh, first former first round draft pick, number eighth overall, I think, played at Tennessee in college. Gerard Mayo, a stud linebacker for the Patriots for a long time, man. Uh, getting an interview request here. Philadelphia DC, Jonathan Gannon, uh, and then Detroit DC, Aaron Glenn, and then the two interesting ones to me is Green Bay OC, Nathaniel Hackett, and and then this one especially. Green Bay passing game coordinator, QB coach, Luke Getze. Do you feel like those last two are maybe setting up to try to lure Aaron Rodgers to come to Denver? I think most definitely. I full, Especially if you got the QB I, I coach think, there. Uh, I think on. 100%. I think the second, I think they're going to have their top names, right? And for me as a Denver fan, and um, I saw my buddy Jeff, um, if, if you're listening to the show, I saw your post. Um, he said, you know, why are we looking at so many defensive coordinator, uh, defense coordinators or defensive positions for a job? We need offense. Mm. Like, that's our struggle right now, um, especially finding somebody that can evaluate quarterback talent. Yep. Or really evaluate talent, period, because John Elway, he may be a very good businessman, but when it comes to evaluating talent and getting people in there and then getting coaches in there to – 
bring these players up to speed on the NFL, he's not getting it done. Yeah, and that's why he kind of fired himself and gave himself a promotion. <laughs> yeah. So I think, honestly, in my my personal opinion, in my top three, I would go over after Eric Bieniemy first. Um, and then it'd be Kevin, uh, Kevin O'Connell. And then, honestly, a Green Bay, one of those Green Bay coordinators. Um, just because of the likelihood of bringing in Aaron Rodgers, because I know. Come off season, if you got to think, if you if if which we all suspect that he's gonna be take done it, with Green Bay, be done with Green Bay, and, take, and as a free agent, and yeah, as a yeah. free agent, gonna take open calls. Him going to Denver and being like, okay, um, and then you know, John Elway's pitch is like, hey, you know, we haven't, we may have not pulled the trigger yet, but or hey, we've hired Kevin O'Mac. Kevin O'Connell or Eric Benemy as our head coach, but we haven't hired an OC yet. And what do you think about bringing on Luke Getzey as an OC if you come here? You know, someone that you're familiar with, you have no ill will against, and we can run your type of offense. Right. Now, one of the names on here I want to ask your opinion on right now because uh, we've and we've actually already talked about this guy, but I, you know I'm hearing a lot of lot of buzz right now that one name that's going to be pretty hot and potentially get a head coaching job is actually Kellen Moore. I'm not saying for Denver, but just in general. How do how do you feel about that? I mean, we we we've already talked about this. Where we felt like it may be too early, but I mean it, that's what people thought with Sean McVay too and Zach Taylor as well. Uh, you know, do you think it, you, you think it's time for Kellen Moore to get HC job, or you think it still needs to wait a little bit? I feel like he needs to wait a little bit. I, still. I think him and Byron Leftwich need to wait. I agree because I think right now they're both under. They're still new coordinators. Yeah, they're very new coordinators, and they're under head coaches that have been there. Yeah, right. You've got Brian Leftwich under Bruce Arians. He's been there. He's done that. Yeah. Even before he got to Tampa Bay, he he went to Super Bowls. He's won Super Bowls like. He's done that. Same way with Mike McCarthy at Dallas. He's done it. So um, give it some time. Let's see some consistency out of these offenses first. Mm-hmm. Maybe another year or two, and then give him a shot. Now, will you ever know unless you do give him a shot? No. But me personally, from a from a front office standpoint, I, I would have to see more consistency through – that particular position with luckily Byron Elflich and Kellen Moore are both offensive coordinators um, or something to do with offense. I would have to see more consistency out of that in order to, for them to, for me to bring them in. Right. Because um, right now, especially with how the NFL is, you would hate to ruin that man's career, bring him in, bring him in two years, you're going under 500 or at 500, miss the playoffs, and then boom, no one's ever going to want to hire him. So and then he has to go back to the to the grind and go back to uh, mm-hmm. OC. And same thing that happened with uh, Josh McDaniels. You know, he got the, his first HC job and only HC job in Denver, and it flopped horribly. And he just went back to being an OC. Um, you know, and that's how it goes for a lot of people. I mean, look, help, fuck Dan Quinn. You know, flopped in Atlanta. You know, which I, I, everything went downhill after that fucking Super Bowl. Uh, and now he's back in DC and Dallas. Had got a pretty damn good defense, and now he's poised up to get another head coach. Same thing with Todd Boyles. You know, flopped in New York. Granted, it is the Jets. It's kind of expected. Uh, but now he's being poised for another job as well. So I mean, that, that that could happen here. I feel like for Denver, if I was if I was Denver, uh, I would probably hire one of the Green Bay guys or probably Eric Bieniemy for the head coach if it was my call. 
Uh, let's hop over and talk about the Bears a little bit here. Uh, all right, so a couple of pieces of information that are very important to talk about, and I want to get your thoughts on one of these. Uh, the first one is, uh, per George McCaskey, uh, that Bill Polian is going to assist in the head coach and GM search. How do you feel about that? That's a big fucking name to help. Yeah, that's definitely a big name. That 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 name has a lot of weight on it. It think. does. And he's think, hired a lot. Of, he's helped hire a lot of great coaches. Oh yeah, most definitely. I think um, it'll definitely help. Um, you know, grab a name that they want. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, like it's like we said, Napoleon's in a lot of lot of tug. And I will say he's already the the tug's already kind of been there, to my understanding, from what I've seen in the in the in the vein that I'm tapped into on Twitter with this is that uh, George McCaskey was the one that was very on the fence with getting rid of Ryan Pace because he loves the fuck out of Ryan Pace, and Ryan Pace has done some good things. It's like when Ryan Pace hits a home run, he hits a home run. But by God, when that man misses, it is like he like misses where he like fucking spins around, fucking breaks his leg, fall. I mean, it's bad when he misses. And Bill Polian was the one that really pushed George. Like, look, you got to fire him. I understand he's a great guy. You love him. I understand he's done some good, but you got to look at the misses. He's had some bad misses. He's got two playoff appearances in his time as a GM and like seven years as a GM and no playoff wins. So shout out to Bill Polian for giving, <laughs> getting that off our back. Yeah. But no, that, that does make me feel a little bit better. As a Bears fan, uh, the only thing that came out of that, I've seen a lot of hate out of that presser where it's just like, you know, a lot of Bears fans aren't feeling too good. And the big reason why is because George McCaskey is still like, you know, like the guy, you know, obviously he's our CEO. Uh, and there was actually one uh, reporter who uh, shout out to him and he really doubled down on it and didn't let George McCaskey get away from the question is that he was asking George, like, you know, who holds you accountable? I mean, your time as a CEO have been very lackluster. And George tried to dodge the question, and then the guy followed back up like, no, 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 no. I'm asking about you. Who is going to hold you accountable? Okay, how are you accountable in this situation? Not the players, not anyone, just you. And George just said, well, the board, you know, wants me to stay in this role still. Yeah, it's like, all right, cool. You look at the board. I mean, your mom is the fucking owner of the team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. But anyway, another piece of news that this this is a big deal for me as well and a lot of Bears fans is uh, Ted Phillips is no longer over football ops. He's just on the business side. That is so fucking huge. He's been team president and football ops for fucking years, and the dude doesn't know a damn thing about football. Uh, to get him out of the equation, uh, let him focus strictly on on the money side of things, uh, just handling, setting up the contracts, uh, you know, handling, you know, like, you know, Arlington Park. Uh, he is, uh, George actually said that Ted is going to be leading the Arlington Park um, construction. Uh, and the the process of finalizing the purchase on the land for the new stadium and everything, which I'm all for. Ted can do that. He's a great business guy, but he needs out of the fucking football. So with that, uh, going forward for Chicago, uh, GM will have all the fucking power, which is great because the way it's always been is like GM reports to the president and the president goes, it's been a fucking stupid-ass format in Chicago where GM has like half the power, and it's fucking ridiculous. But now GM has all the power, which is the way it needs to be. Uh, as for some uh, interview requests and different rumors that I've seen, uh, I'm not sure to pronounce this first guy's name. I'm probably going to butcher it, and I do apologize. All the respect to him, of course. Uh, Kiwasai uh, Adofu Minsei. Uh, I probably butchered that terribly, but he's from Cleveland. He's VP of Football Ops. Shout out to him. Uh, then we have uh, Morocco Brown from Indianapolis, Director of College Scouting, which I saw some clips of him. This guy is fucking hilarious, and that's great, but it still doesn't completely sell me on him. Uh, Rick Smith. Former GM of Houston. This is the GM that drafted DeAndre, J.J. Watt, 
Deshaun Watson, a lot of other players. Now, I will say Rick Smith's later round drafts, not the best, you know, but he did pretty well in first round. But uh, when it came to Rick Smith, you got to keep in mind, he wasn't necessarily drove out of town. That's the thing. Yeah, he could still be the GM right now. What reason why he's not is uh, his wife, unfortunately, got cancer. And that's what led him to kind of step away. Plus, at the t- around that time period as well, the Texans owner, Bob McNair, passed away. So, it was going on new ownership anyway. And they kind of wanted him out. So, if it wasn't for those two factors, he'd probably still be the GM of Houston. And he, I mean, let's be real, Shane, you can admit it, Houston was a Super Bowl contender there for a couple of years. Almost oh, definitely. So, I mean, uh, Rick Smith is a, a good candidate. Uh, his wife did, unfortunately, pass away a few years ago, which I think is another driving factor for him wanting to get back into the industry in some capacity. Uh, Jeff Ireland, uh, assistant GM of New Orleans. Ed Dobbs, assistant GM of Indy. Uh, Glenn Cook, VP per, uh, player personnel in Cleveland. Uh, Joe Sharon, assistant GM in Buffalo. And Rand Carthon, the director of player personnel in San Fran. For me personally, I would love to see Rick Smith or Ed Dobbs. Because, um, uh, God, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his name. The GM for... Um, uh, Chris Ballard of Indianapolis GM. That dude is a fucking legend. He is one of the best GMs in the game, in my opinion. Uh, so, I mean, Ed Dobbs, the assistant to Chris Ballard, give me that or give me Rick Smith. For head coaches, uh, a lot of the same names. You know, we've got the Byron Leftwich, the Dan Quinn. Haven't seen this, uh, you know, or, you know, um, uh, Todd Boyles. I have put the wrong team there. Uh, I think we did put in a request for Dan Quinn. I have not seen anything for Kevin Kellen Moore. Nathaniel Hackett, we got to put in a request for that. Blind, uh, Brian Flores, that's actually happening on Wednesday. Uh, and then Indianapolis, D.C., Matt Eberflus. Uh, but then also both the Buffalo coordinators, Leslie Frazier, who did play on the 85 Bears, and O.C. Uh, Brian Dayball. And then we also got the interview request for Doug Peterson. Uh, out of this list, for me personally, uh, first off, keep me away from Leslie Frazier. Uh, I understand he's a great, you know, he's he's kind of redeemed himself as a DC, but his one stint as an HC in Minnesota, his offense is lackluster as fuck. Uh, and I, I'm man, I'm sorry, I feel like we need an offense, like what you were saying with Denver. I feel like we got to have an offensive guy. I feel like we've got to. I really do. Uh, you know, especially when we you know we got Justin coming into his second year. I mean, we got to man. So, for me personally, a perfect ideal scenario is give me, like, Rick Smith and Doug Peterson. That's what I would love. And, yeah, there might still be the chance for uh, Jim Harbaugh. I saw the odds. Jim Harbaugh still got the best odds. He was, like, plus 500. Yeah, I saw right now, um, apparently, sources close to Jim Harbaugh said that he'd be interested in coming back to the NFL if the situation was right. And the odds favorite right now was the Raiders. Cause like, oh, okay. So, like, last uh, last week when we started, talk, started talking about this and it was brought up, I was literally on my way home from from the studio that we, that we record in. Um, and th- um, Todd McShay came oh, on yeah. to ESPN Radio and was like, the Raiders probably would be the number one spot where he would go. Mm. So, I like him in the Bears better. Um, I hey, think it's a homecoming. We uh, drafted him first round. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a much better situation um, because I think if he goes to the Raiders, I like Derek Carr. Don't get me wrong, but the potential in Justin Fields is just so it's more much, enticing. Get much more enticing. Yeah, um, and especially like um, the only thing that would draw me more to the Raiders is the weapons around Derek Carr. You've got Josh Jacobs. You've got Darren Waller. You've got Hunter Renfro, Renfro popped off. which is, I mean, he's got a hundred catches this year. If I, if I saw that right, yeah, Hunter's a beast. So I mean, <laughs> he, he's killing it. Um, 
And, I mean, that defense is definitely showing potential. I yeah. mean, they stepped up in that overtime game against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to my man, Darius Phylon. He was part of that part of that last tackle that pretty much sealed it. So, I mean, that's the only thing that would draw, that would draw me back. But strictly going off of just potential of being good for years and years to come, having Justin Fields and already a franchise quarterback there, um, it would have to be the Bears if I was Jim Harbaugh. But. Right. And, you know, if Jim's in the picture, I would say give me Jim because, I mean, what people got to realize, dude, this guy coached four years in the NFL and his worst season was a fucking 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, he won the NFC West twice. He went to the NFC Championship three times. And he went to a Super Bowl once in four years. What the fuck are we talking about? Like, now, I understand you want to break it down more. You know, hey, he didn't have the most explosive offense. Okay, you know, he had Alex Smith for one year before he got shipped to KC, and he had Colin Kaepernick, which, yes, Colin Kaepernick kind of took the world by storm, and he was, he was, he was a baller. Let's be real, he was. But he was not what Justin Fields can be. That's, you know, let's be real up front. He's just not, okay? He had a... Colin Kaepernick had, you know, had some explosive legs at times, and he had a fucking, he did have a cannon. I'll give him that. But, you know, in terms of just, like, just being, like, a star of a playmaker, he doesn't, you know, Colin doesn't have the potential, you know, yeah. that Justin has. And that's, a, I think that's the biggest thing for me. I think the thing with Colin Kaepernick, I think even to this day, he could still be a starter in the NFL. But the thing is, we know what he is, right? Mm-hmm. There is no... There's no surprising a defense. Yep. The defense knows what he is, um, and I think that's really part of the whole downfall as far as you know his NFL career was because people figured out what he was, right? Yeah, they, yeah he did get figured out. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the biggest thing. And with Justin Fields, no one knows what he truly can do. Yep. I mean, dude's a baller, um, and he's he's still super young. I think he's like, what, 20, 21, 22 years old? Yeah, he's – yep. So, I mean – you can have a franchise quarterback for 10, 15, 20 years if if they treat him right. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to these candidates, like I said, if Jim Harbaugh's on the table, give me Jim. After that, give me Doug. Uh, after that, I would say, actually, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I feel like I could regret it uh, just because I, I can't help but to feel like he's going to be a bust as an HC. But give me Dayball after that, and then give me Brian Flores. I like Brian Flores a lot, man. I like his, I like his swag, you know. But I, I, you know, he's a defensive guy. You know, I, I think he was special teams coordinator, or no, he was he was the DB coach, is what it was. He was DB coach, I think, uh, for New England. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, you know, if we get Flores, I'm not gonna be upset about it. Um, but you know, like, just don't give me Leslie Frazier. I, I, you know, don't give me Byron Leftwich. Don't give me Dan Quinn. Don't give me Todd Boyles. Um, don't give me any of those guys. You know, let, See, let's this, focus on offense. This is what what I would do, right? If if I'm either Chicago or Denver, and I'm really looking at Todd Bowles or even any defensive coach, um, and bringing them in, I'd be seriously in the talks with Kellen Moore, Brian Leftwich to bring them on as an OC and be like, look, man, if this doesn't work out, but our offense is playing well and you're doing your job right, you can fill in after we fire this guy, right? Like, yeah, that's kind of shitty, but <laughs> shady practices. It, but. <laughs> it really, it really is, and I'm not necessarily condoning that. But the NFL has done a lot worse stuff, and what's the problem with having a backup plan? That's true. Hey, backup plans are important. So, uh, and now one thing about all of these jobs, whatever I, I post this on Twitter, and I wanted to elaborate more on it. Where I was, I post on Twitter uh, at my Twitter at Alex Like Twenty Three. Go give me a follow. I'd appreciate that. Um, 
about why I think Chicago and Jacksonville are like the most, like probably in my opinion, the best jobs, you know, and, and I, I do mean that I'm not, you know, even though I do, you know, they're my number one, number two teams, I'm not being biased about, it. I genuinely do fucking mean this because in Jacksonville's case, coming into this off season, Jacksonville is number three in cap space available with $68 million. The two teams above them is Miami, which obviously has a head coaching spot, and uh, the Chargers. I think they're both at $72, $73 million to spend in free agency. Uh, Chicago has $43 million to spend in free agency, which is like number 10 or 11. And you can save some money on that this offseason. Right off the bat, go ahead and cut Eddie Goldman. Eddie Goldman, we signed to a contract a few years ago. We can cut him now and you know make up the money. You know He didn't play last year due to COVID because of, of, I think he had a kid and his own personal health issues. No faults to him on that at all. But him playing this year, I mean, our seventh-round draft pick, Chris Tonga, or I don't know if it's Chris, but Tonga from BYU, he balled out pretty well. Let's move on with him and move past Eddie, save more money there. You know, so between money for free agency and then just, like, picks and team around you, like, they are the most interesting jobs to me. Uh, I would actually say now that, you know, it's in a position where the GM's going to have all the power and it's going to have a fresh new GM, I actually think Chicago could be the better job of the two, mostly because, eh, you know, Trent Ballack, you know, down in Jacksonville can be apparently an asshole. I don't know. That's kind of what we got out of San Fran with Jim Harbaugh. But with let's, talk, let's start with Jacksonville. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence, okay? You have James Robinson. You got a pretty good receiving core. You got a good vet, Marvin Jones. You got uh, Levesky Shellnut. Uh, drawing a blank on the other guy's name of the guy, but they got a good receiving core. O line needs help. That's a month as an area where they can spend some fucking money. Uh, D, you know, the defense. I mean, you got Josh Allen, the defensive version of Josh Allen. That's a fucking monster. Miles Jack can still be a pretty good player. Secondary could use some help, yeah. But you got some. You, you got some good foundation building blocks, and then you have the first overall pick again. And then a grand total of 11 picks in this upcoming draft. Like, does that not entice you? Like, I feel like that's a pretty good enticing pitch. Most definitely. It, it, definitely in the right hands, you could set up a team for the future. Yeah. May have a couple of bad two, three years. But moving on for that, it could be it could be a potential of building, you know, I wouldn't say a dynasty, but a team that's contending for the playoffs or a championship every year. Exactly. And then for Chicago, I already said we got $43 million plus more you can save by the cutting of, like, Eddie Eddie Goldman, maybe cutting Jimmy Graham. You know, um, I, I don't know the contract, how it's going to go for, like, Eddie Jackson, if, if we would lose money, if we could save money there. But that's one that I would look to try to dump and maybe do a trade because Eddie Jackson has gone, like, I think 33 games now without interception. I mean, we got to get this shit together. I mean, why are we paying them what we're paying them? But, you know, in the Bears case, we got the potential of Justin Fields. We got David Montgomery. Okay. We have Darnell Mooney. We have Cole Komet, which has, you know, he's had his best receiving year now with almost 700 receiving yards this past year, which, you know, that's not bad for tight ends. I mean, there's only a few tight ends like the Travis Kelsey you know, of the world that will get over 1,000. Let's be real. Uh, offensive line, got some good pieces there. Kobe, Co- uh, Cody Whitehair. Uh, we have James Daniels, Larry Borom, a rookie. Tevin Jenkins, a rookie. Uh, Jason Peters, if that, that big motherfucker wants to come back, he played pretty well this year. Dude was down fishing. He got a call to come up to Chicago. He's like, yeah, sure, and fucking balls out. And then, let's, you know, the defense, bro, you got a good young building block on Roquan Smith on a rookie contract. You got Khalil Mack coming back healthy. You know, you re-sign Akeem Hicks up on the D-line. Uh, you got Jalen Johnson, a young player at, at DB. You know, and then also, you know, big kudos to Ryan Pace because, I mean, I got to be honest, dude, like the, this past draft class of his – 
is probably the best one he's ever had, man. Because Larry Borum was a sixth-round draft pick at guard out of Missouri. We shifted him out the fucking tackle. Week one, we play the Rams. He He's going up against Aaron Donald all game and doesn't give up a sack. You know, he goes up against other studs, you know, throughout the year. I think he went up against Von Miller at one point against I don't know if it was Von Miller or someone else. Uh Miles Garrett is who it was, week three. Didn't give up a sack. Like, I mean, dude, Larry Boren for a six round draft pick that got shifted out to a position he doesn't play, has played pretty well. You know, uh Tom, Thomas Graham, he was a I think a sixth a sixth or fifth round draft pick out of Oregon, uh D B. He did, he opted out for the COVID year, so he hasn't played in you know since 2019. Uh, we actually cut him and some to the practice squad, which I I understood because hey, you know he hasn't played in a while. Let's get his body kind of readjusted. But we reactivated him the past like three weeks, and the dude's already and he dude's already fucking balling. He didn't get a pick, but dude's getting some deflections. He's making some smart plays. Daz Newsom as well, a wide receiver from North Carolina. Uh, another, I mean, like you know, Ryan Pace gave us probably the best draft class that we've got. Tonga as well, like I mentioned already, he could be our future d tackle our future knows you know so i mean I, I gotta say i really do believe the bears and the jags are the two best spots for for players for i'm not for players for coaches to come because you got so many fucking pieces jacksonville has less pieces let's acknowledge that they stink they have a lot less pieces but you got a shit ton of money and a shit ton of draft picks let's make some magic happen yeah 100 um and on the flip side i mean looking at my team seattle's not very intriguing right now front office is a mess don't know where Russell Wilson's going to be at. Don't know where Pete Carroll's going to be at. Pete Carroll very well may end up in Miami. Because if I'm, if I'm Pete Carroll, Miami's very intriguing. Cap room, you got Tua. Um, you've got a young team to build around. And um, I don't know what their draft picks are looking like, but it's better than what Seattle's got. <laughs> That's true. Seattle so, don't have shit for picks. I mean, I think, Seattle's almost as bad as the Rams sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, I would definitely agree. They're definitely up there. Um, Other than, like, Minnesota, but they're already pretty much set. Like, that's already a playoff team. Just got to get the right coaching in there. Yeah. Um, So, other than those, like, out of the rebuilding teams, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of draft, we actually got now the first 18 picks ready to go. Uh, So, here in the next few weeks, uh, this is actually pretty cool. I'm actually really excited to, to do this. Uh, Shane and I and Tyler, we're going to work together, and we're actually going to create our own top prospects for the draft. Uh, we're going to just do top fives per position as well as top five overall. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really pumped for that. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of draft talk for this offseason, uh, mock drafts and everything, see if we can correctly predict how it's going to go. But as of right now, for the first 18 picks, obviously Jacksonville 1, Detroit 2, uh, Houston 3, Jets 4, Giants 5, Carolina 6, Giants again via Chicago at 7, Atlanta 8, Denver at 9, Jets at 10 via Seattle. Seattle, Washington at, tw- uh, at 11, Minnesota at 12, Cleveland 13, Baltimore 14, Philadelphia 15, Philadelphia again at 16 via Indianapolis, uh, Chargers at 17, and the Saints at 18. Uh, man, the, the fact that the, uh, we've talked about it before, but the fact that the, the fucking New York teams both have two picks in the top 10 is the most New York thing to happen. <laughs> most definitely. Um, I'm pumped for the draft. And speaking of what we got planned, I do would I would love to like – maybe three, four weeks out of the draft, um, me, you, and Tyler come up with a mock draft uh, each week leading up into the draft. Oh, oh kinda, kinda mock like, draft a week. Yeah, kind of like what Mel Kuyper does um, and Todd McShay with their, you know, uh, mock drafts like 5.0s and 6.0s or whatever. I would love to yeah. do something like that. So, Hey, dude, I'm down for it. I do a lot of mock drafts. So, I'm, I, I mean, I'm already cleared on that. But, yeah, we, I could probably swing a mock draft a week um, or however we're going to do it because we still don't even know our recording schedule for the offseason. Yeah. 
So, I mean, we'll get that figured out, but that's something I would, I mean, and it doesn't have to be, like, right now to where yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. Like, like they're doing, but definitely when, like, after the Super Bowl and maybe a month or so out from the draft, start looking into it, and once we get our schedule figured out for what we're going to record for the offseason, but... Yep. Um, so right now, what would you say the top five picks are going to be? Um, Jacksonville and Detroit, I feel like are just going to go the two D linemen, um, you know, whether it be Aiden and Kavon, but I will say a surprise pick. I think Jacksonville could probably could also do like an Evan Neal, uh, lineman from Alabama. Cause I mean, like I said, I already mentioned that O line in Jacksonville needs fucking help terribly you got to protect trevor um so i think they'll either just go aiden or kavan or jacksville could do the swing pick and honestly uh, i don't think i don't think that would be such out of the out of the ordinary because you got to think jacksonville Mm -hmm. they've already got uh it's josh Josh allen Allen, right he's he's an outside linebacker pass rusher so i mean so i mean yeah would you love to couple him up with somebody else yes but honestly look at the history um and see how many times that's actually worked Right. I mean, in Cleveland, at one point, you had J.W. on and Miles Garrett. Didn't really work that well. Mm-hmm. Um, same way in Houston. Houston, you know, at one point, you had J.W. on and um, J.J. Watt. Didn't work so well. Right. So, you know, maybe it's it's better to only have – I mean, of course, you want all the all the talent you want, like, mm-hmm. possibly can get. But it may not be best to have two potential Pro Bowl defensive ends coming from opposite sides because for some reason from what i've seen it hasn't really worked yeah um so honestly if i was jacksonville i would definitely go offensive lineman and then destroying Detroit, houston to get the d lineman yep yep uh for the jets that's the tough one would they just automatically like try to build up that secondary maybe get kyle hamilton out of notre dame or would they go somewhere else uh and honestly the same thing if, with the I'm, giants. if i'm the jets i'm getting the cornerback out of cincinnati that cornerback is a fucking beast. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> In four years at Cincinnati, did not give up a touchdown. Like, that dude is a fucking monster. Like, like, that is nuts. He needs to go top ten, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. I mean, dude is an absolute freak. So, where will the, what, what, what will the two New York teams do? That's a great question. I feel like, you know, Bob Sala being a defensive guy here, I feel like he'll probably go defense, whether it be the cornerback out of uh, Cincy or Kyle Hamilton at Notre Dame. You know, build up that secondary a little bit, you know. But, no, I, I'm, I'm excited to start doing some mock drafts, uh, you know, get these players kind of set up. Because I think it's, uh, let's see, today is, the, what, the 11th? So, I think it's the 17th is the deadline for underclassmen to announce. If they're entering or not, we've already seen a lot of announcements, like Aiden Hutchinson, for example. Well, I thought it was I thought it was last Friday because that's why Arkansas's bumper pool announced that he's coming back. Um, because I don't know, it, it could have been uh, not necessarily announcing, but to hire an agent. Right. But then again, if you don't hire an agent going into the draft, that pretty much tells me that you're coming back. Right. But, so I don't. know. I think the deadline is the, like the 18th. I think it's next week. I think. I could be wrong. I, I looked it up like three weeks ago, but that's three weeks ago. I've slept a lot since then. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> but uh, let's hop over to – let's do some playoffs here, man. Let's talk some playoffs. Uh, final ranks for the NFC, Green Bay at one, Tampa Bay two, Dallas at three, Rams at uh, four, Arizona five, San Fran six, Philly at seven. How do you think the NFC is going to go? I feel like, man, I, I feel like this Green Bay team is a lot different than last year in a good way. I feel like it is going to be Green Bay this time around. I don't think if Tampa Bay meets up with Green Bay and Lambeau, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to get that dub again. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think out of that, I 
I would love to say Dallas could have potential going there, but they're at a standpoint to where I have to see them win a playoff game. Yeah. Like, get over the hump in order for me to believe in you. And what about the Rams, too? Because, man, Stafford's still been throwing a lot of picks towards the end of this year. I, Same. I, how are you, I'm worried um, for the Rams. That's why my two favorite are going to be the top seeds right here. Or my, my favorites out of the NFC for the, for the championship game is going to be Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Um, and then, I mean, your sleepers, uh, I, I would take the Rams over Dallas just because of potential of what that team can do. Right. Um, and what they were in the beginning of the year. Um, Arizona, I don't think they can stay consistent enough. Hey, they, J.J. Watt's coming back, though. True. But still without D-Hop. Yep. Still so, no D-Hop, yeah. So, I mean, that's – and, yeah, I just don't see them doing it. And San Fran and Philly, I would love to see Philly kind of make a run, but pretty sure they got Tampa first. Yep, they were going against Tampa first. So, so I don't see that happening. Yeah. No shot. I will say, watch out for San Fran. I feel like they could be a sneaky win versus Dallas. It's gonna it's gonna be tough because you know if San San Fran's issue right now is a quarterback because what if I remember right, whatever Jimmy Garoppolo's injury is, I think it was like it's described as like muscle torn off the bone on his on his hand. That sounds horribly fucking painful. I can't imagine throwing a ball with that. Uh, so shout out to him. No. <laughs> but uh, San Fran could be a sneaky one. Yeah, I did say I did see something saying that they that he could be back for that game. Um, I don't know if it's going to tr- true or not, but you know we'll see. Um, if Trey Lance starts that game, it's going to be tough. I yeah. think they as much credit as I give Trey Lance, and as and I probably honestly probably overhype him on this show. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he has potential to be much better than what Jimmy G is right now. Um, but he just got stuck in a city, shitty situation because Jimmy G can't stay healthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've said this over and over and over again. I don't like rookie quarterbacks being shoved into a crappy situation. I agree. So, And then for the AFC side, number one seed is, in fact, Tennessee. They locked that up. Uh, you know, Which a- is huge. It is. Huge. It is because they get that by, and Derrick Henry is coming back with fresh fucking legs. We talked about this last week. That is a team that I do not want to play against if I was in the AFC. Uh, KC at the two seed, Buffalo at three, Cincy at four, Vegas at five, New England at six, and Pittsburgh got in at seven since Jacksonville wanted to create chaos and beat the Colts this past weekend. And then hey, Vegas and, and Chargers, they almost went for that tie. Uh, from what I saw. I you was know, hoping for it so I, Dude, bad. I wanted it so bad, too. So Apparently, bad. from what someone caught of a video of Austin Eckler talking to uh uh, a Raiders just like were you guys gonna go for knee it knee it down and the guy, the Raiders just like we were and then you guys called a timeout <laughs> so that would have been wild they were really going for the tie dude which is insane to me but how are you feeling about the AFC because I mean I gotta like if it wasn't for Derrick Henry set to come back with fresh legs I would say Tennessee will get knocked out round one but man in that situation plus you know Ryan Tannehill's got a you know, pretty decent uh, head of steam after the last game. He threw, I think it was like 22 for 29 for four TDs. Man, I got to say, Titans are looking like the favorite. <laughs> yeah, I I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine, Connor and, and Blake, last night. And they're big NFL guys. I'm not as big NFL guys as they are. They, they follow it a little bit more than I do. And I've been following it more since I've been on the show just because I, even though it's a terrible football show and it may not be the best, I try to give at least – somewhat acknowledgeable 
uh, information. We right? do our best to give you a B, a B minus performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. B minus. We, Maybe C plus. We just try to get it past that buffet, that that passing. Hey, grade. D's get degrees, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and his favorite was the both of their favorites was still Kansas City. Fair. But I but I I I try. I'm like, man, like don't get me wrong. They're playing. They they played awful in the first half of the year. Second half, they definitely came on. And they, they're getting hot at the right times, right? Which is important. But two weeks ago, they lost Cincinnati. Um, and then, plus, Tennessee coming in, winning, getting that first seed without Derrick Henry, adding an extra week to have him even healthier, and then fresh legs because he hasn't played since week eight. Yeah, week seven or eight. It's fucking it, stupid. It, it's week eight, and he's still seventh in the rushing leaders. So dumb. With nine, <laughs> with nine hundred and thirty-seven yards, this man is going to be a freight train. Yes. So, because <laughs> if Kansas City, if I'm not wrong, Kansas City's playing Pittsburgh, Pitt, yeah, right? They're playing Pitt. So Kansas City wins that game. Um, so then they'll play the. The, the the three seed? They'll play whoever's the highest that wins uh, is what it will be. So, like, let, let's say. Yeah, like, because they get home field advantage. Yeah, they, they'll play the highest seed that wins. So, like, you know, let's say let's say Cincy beats Vegas and let's say New England beats Buffalo, then, then KC would play Cincy again for a rematch. KC would play Cincy and yeah, then yeah, Tennessee would play. Uh, New England. And New England's run defense is not that Fucking good. garbage, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> fucking Buffalo put some yards on them. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, I mean Hunter I mean not Hunter Henry. Derrick Henry could run for 300. I mean, it it would be crazy. They're definitely my favorite personally right now. I think it's Tennessee Cincy and then KC. Right. And only reason why I put Cincy above KC is because how they beat them 2 weeks ago. Right, right. Man, I'm I'm pumped for the playoffs to start. Um, with the playoffs here, you know it's you know the the big questions ramping up right now for coach of the year. I mean, I feel like you, I feel like you, you know the top two contenders going to be obviously Matt Lafleur or got to be Mike Vrabel. I mean, for what Mike Vrabel has done with no fucking Derrick Henry, who everyone thought was like, well, that's your team, but then he proved him wrong. I mean, one of those two's got to be coach of the that year. I'd give it to Mike. That or it's the Raiders' in, interim head coach. Uh, no, that's fucking true. Rob Bersucci, I think is his name. Uh, that's fucking true. I mean, the adversity they have gone over is unreal, man, between the fucking John Gruden stuff, the Henry Ruggs dumb shit, uh, the fucking the the other corner they drafted in the same draft as Henry Ruggs, Dame, uh, Damon Arnett. I think they had that video with the gun where he's like, "I'm gonna fucking shoot you, whatever." Another guy got pulled over with a DUI recently. Like the amount of shit that Vegas has gone through, and they made it in the playoffs is unbelievable. Yeah, and especially made it in the way they did. I know. <laughs> so, I mean, I would definitely put him in in the conversation as well. Get an honorable mention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so a couple things of quick news here is Tampa Bay did extend Vita Vea on a four-year extension worth $73 million. Shout out to that. And the Rams' safety, Jordan Fuller, will miss the postseason due to an ankle injury that needs surgery, unfortunately. So that's going to be a big factor there for the Arizona game. Jordan Fuller has had a pretty good year so far, good year last year. Got it. Coming in this year was his first year as a captain for the team. Uh, so it's going to be a rough one there. Uh you got any more thoughts on anything that we just talked about the uh, the playoffs or the the draft or anything? If not, we can go ahead and jump into some super wild card weekend picks. Um, I was wanting to bring up something me and me Connor and Blake was not really arguing about, but debating about 
And I said I was going to bring it up on the show to see your thoughts on it, but honestly, I forgot what it was. Ah, damn. So you got me excited there. For I me. know, I know, <laughs> um, because I had the odd man pick out um, out of those two, if I don't believe, but I think um, I kind of starting to win them over on it. But Connor Blake, if you're listening to the show, please send me what it was because I totally forgot to where I can put it in the show for next week. Bet. Um, but other than that, no, let's go ahead and get the, these picks. All right, still haven't updated the music. I promise I will. <laughs> By this time, it's going to be in the next season, guys. <laughs> Come on, man. No, look, I have some songs picked out. I just need to get it, like, on the fucking roadcaster, okay? <laughs> I promise. All right, super wild card weekend. We are here. Uh, kicking things off, we have fifth seed Vegas going up against fourth seed Cincy. Tyler's rocking with Vegas on this one. I'm going to rock with the Bengals, man. I think they, have, they are fucking hot right now. Yeah, I think with oh, with Jamar Chase uh, and Joe Barrow and, and that offense with Joe Mixon, that I don't see Vegas being able to stop them. Next up, six seed New England and three seed Buffalo. This is a tough one to pick, man. I'm really on the fence. Yeah, I would love to see Buffalo win and to move up and kind of show their dominance in that through that division because they're in the same division, but. I just don't think they've got over the hump. I mean, they've played so inconsistently over the year. Um, I'm going to have to go to New England. Tyler's naturally going Buffalo. I, w- I probably wouldn't let him pick otherwise. Um, I think I'm going to rock with New England. I just have a gut feeling they're going to get the sneaky dub. Uh, seven seed Philly and second seed Tampa Bay. How are we feeling on this one? I think it's Tampa Bay. I do too. I just don't think Philly is going to have the weapons to deal with that team. I agree. So does Tyler. Six seed San Fran, three seed Dallas. Tyler's actually going with San Fran here. I would not be surprised if San Fran upsets Dallas and sends Dallas home early. But I, I'm going to stick with the Cowboys. I'm going to I'm gonna put my trust in them this week, and we'll see <laughs> how it goes. I'm going with Dallas as well, man. Did you see some of this, uh, the records that and, they broke? Yeah, and honestly, the reason why I'm doing it is because they put 51 up last, uh, last week. Yep. And yeah, they have a thousand yard rusher, a thousand yard receiver, a thousand, uh, three thousand yard passer, and two defensive players with um, ten sacks and ten picks. Yep, fucking insane, dude. Uh, Tyler, like I said, Tyler's going to San Fran. I rock Dallas in that one. Next up, we have the seven seed Pittsburgh, which just happened to get in uh, against two seed KC. I, I see no way uh, Pitt's going to be able to put up a fight. They just don't have the offense. For yeah, it. it's not going to be close. Fucking Big Ben's got a noodle arm. Yeah, Big Ben at this point, he is he's having his offensive line just help him get yes. the ball out. <laughs> um, so, unfortunately, this is a farewell tour for Big Ben, and this will be his last playoff game. Now they don't all end in uh, wonderful fashion like Ray Lewis's career did. Sometimes you got a career like Drew Brees where you end with heartbreak. Yep. That's how it goes. Next up, we have probably one of the more difficult games to pick. Uh, fifth seed Arizona and fourth seed the Rams. I feel like this is a hard game to pick. I think it is too, but m- this is my reasoning here. Again, they've both been inconsistent throughout the year, but the Rams have always bounced back. Um, plus, Arizona's le- not having D, D- Hop. I know JJ Watt's going to help them a lot on defense, but comparing the two teams, comparing comparing the two quarterbacks, I'm going to put my my trust in Matthew Stafford. Um, even though I've been on this show, I've been riding with Arizona. I've been a big fan of Arizona all year. They've consistently let me down, so I'm going to roll with the Rams. There's a part of me that wants to ride with the Cardinals because 
Cardinals was one of my preseason picks. They were one of my, you know, Kyler was one of my preseason MVP picks. So was Stafford. Uh, but, man, I just I feel like it's going to go to the Rams. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. If, this is one of those games where I, I, it could go literally either fucking way. Uh, but I think I'm going to rock with the Rams on this one. Uh, next up, we got your spreads. What do we got going on? We're, we're calling every game. All right. Shane Sharp picks of the week, which we got, uh, which is not really picks because we're calling on all playoff games. Um, so NFC's super, or the NFL Super Wild Card weekend. We've got uh, game one, Vegas and Cincinnati. Uh, it is currently sitting at 49 over and o- over under. Uh, Cincinnati's a five and a half point favorite. It opened up at a 48 over under with Cincinnati as a six and a half point favorite. Give me the minus and give me the over. Tyler's doing the plus and he's doing the over. I'm doing the minus and over. Okay. Um, second, we got New England and Buffalo. Um, it is currently sitting at 43 and a half over under with Buffalo as a four point favorite. It opened up at 44 over under with Buffalo as a four and a half point favorite. Give me the over and give me the plus. Um, it's in Buffalo, correct? Yes. Um, I don't know how the weather's going to be, but give me the plus and under. Tyler's doing the minus and the over. Which I'm almost thinking, I think he's got over on all of them. Um, uh, no, he's actually got under on this next one. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I must have saw it wrong. All right. Um, Philly and Tampa. It's currently sitting at 49 over under. Tampa Bay is an eight and a half point favorite. Um, it opened up at 48 and a half over under and Tampa Bay eight and a half point favorite. That's a lot of points. 49. Uh, give me the over and I'm going to just rock with the minus. Tyler's doing minus and under. I do. Mm. I'll do minus and. I'll do under as well. I think Tampa Bay is going to want to get out of there as quickly as possible. So. Right. Um, next game, we have San Fran and Dallas. It, it's currently sitting at 51 over under. Dallas is a three-point favorite. Um, it opened up uh, at 49 and a half over under with Dallas a three-point favorite. Minus and over, man. I feel like Dallas can put up 51 on their own. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, minus and over for me. Plus and over for Tyler. Um, and then the second to last game, we got Pittsburgh and Kansas City. This one's kind of intriguing to me. It is, yeah. Um, so it's currently sitting at 46.5 over under with KC at basically a, a – it's 12.5, but so basically a 13-point favorite, but it's 12.5. And, and it opened up at 46.5 with KC at 11.5 a, a favorite. Well, I'm going with the over. Uh, so is Tyler, and Tyler's doing the plus. He's, he thinks Pittsburgh's going to keep it within that uh, that 13. And, ah, man, that's tough, dude. Pittsburgh's offense is duty. Man, it's crap. I do agree, but the way I see it is kind of what I see Tampa Bay. I think Andrew Reid's going to want to get out of there. I think Andrew Reid's going to show respect to Big Ben and Mike Tomlin. I don't think he's going to try to put up this, this, large, this large gap because the points don't matter. I think if he gets up two touchdowns, um, or even gets up 10, he may sit on it, um, especially early, uh, late third, early fourth quarter. Um, so I'm going to take the plus. Even though I, I think Kansas City is going to win, I'm going to take the plus. Um, I think it will probably be a 10-point 10, uh, 10 win for KC or a 7-point win just because of Andy Reid. 
Um, and I'm going to take the under. I'll rock with the plus. We'll, we'll see if Pittsburgh can keep it within that. But say I said that for last week for the Tampa Bay game, and oh, I said the under, and it clearly was not, or the, for the <laughs> Dallas game, and it clearly was not. Yeah. <laughs> um. So last game we got is Arizona and the Rams. It's currently sitting at fifty over under, and the Rams are a four point favorite. It opened up at a fifty over under with the Rams at a five point favorite. Give me the minus and over. Tyler's doing minus and over as well. 50. Yeah, give me the minus and over. All right. That is all the picks. Let's uh, Hopefully we can have a good weekend here of uh, some betting. Most importantly, hopefully we can get some dubs here on the spreads. Let us build up some confidence, you know, as mobile betting is close to becoming a thing for us. Gonna have to learn. Yeah, they, they said it can hit as early as uh, next month. I know it's it's wild. Gonna probably try to get a little adjusted to it. Maybe do some uh, some basketball betting or something. Especially with March Madness coming up. True. Yeah, I got March Madness. Can do a lot of betting there. Uh, what's for dinner tonight? What you gonna have, man? Honestly, I have no idea yet. Uh, I th- I think I'm gonna have a steak. I got a steak in there. Probably gonna mm. do that. Yeah, probably gonna that do sounds steak. good. Yeah. It sounds good. How do you like your steak? Medium medium rare. Medium rare. Okay. I, like, I like some pink, man. I mean, I'm fine with rare too. Just give me. I, I need the pink. Medium I, rare. I, is I think medium for me is is the go to. As long as it's not well done, I have respect for you as a human being. Yeah, I I used to do medium well quite a bit. Like that's what I was because it was just enough pink to where it's still kind of juicy. But what I what I found out to do if I didn't cook it myself, I went to a restaurant. I was like, oh, medium well, it'd come out well done. Yeah, and that's the problem. And I was I, like, man, I can't do this anymore. Man, I've got one buddy um, who who I've actually got lined up to do a show with me at some point in the future. Really excited for that show. Uh, he he likes his steaks well done. He is a fucking animal. I don't know why. I don't know. Like he wants them burnt, like like full blown burnt. I'm like, you're a, you ruined a perfectly good piece of meat. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? I mean, the way to, the way I see it, even with a medium rare steak, the only reason why I like burnt right is because you get that crisp edge. It adds a nice crunch to the steak. Yep along with the juiciness, but you can get that on whatever. Yeah. Right? You can have a medium cook steak with a burnt edges as long as they just sear it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm going to do a thing. I think I'm going to do a steak tonight. I do have a frozen breakfast pizza. Found it at the store. That was pretty interesting. How was it? Uh, the breakfast pizza that I got from Walmart, that was fucking fire. In fact, I bought another one like two days later. Yeah. <laughs> Seven bucks, dude. It's just over there in the deli. I d- definitely recommend that. It, 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 dude, look, man, listen. It's that it's that gravy base. It, it just hit different. I mean, you already got like the biscuit crust, but then the gravy base, bro, it hit different. Oh, dude, I, I bet this is just like sausage and biscuits. Yes, just, oh, sausage, dude. dude I'm telling because like I've been craving some of that so much. Just run by one, run by Walmart, grab it, dude. Seven bucks in the deli. You can walk in and out pretty damn quick. Just go in like the left entrance, pop to the left real fast, grab it and go. You're good, dude. I'm telling you, because like, uh, like mo- most most breakfast pizzas that I've had, like Come and Go, and a couple other places that I've had it at before, as well as like this you know, one hotel uh, that I've been to had had breakfast pizza for a breakfast buffet. Uh, yeah, usually just have like a cheese base, normal shit, right? But I'm telling you, that gravy base hit fucking different. It was so good. Highly recommend yeah. it. it. Was it white gravy? Yes. Oh, dude, dude, I'm telling oh. you, it hit different, bro. I uh, I think it was like a month ago. I was craving biscuits, uh, sausage, uh, biscuits and gravy, and those cravings hit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I went to McDonald's and they don't do theirs anymore. Oh, do they not? Yeah, I was so mad. I was like, um, you know, I pulled up, waited in line because you know McDonald's and breakfast time is fucking packed. Yeah, 
um, and especially one in our area doesn't run that very well. Mm. Um, so I was sitting there in line 10, 20 minutes, got up there. Hey, can I get a biscuit of gravy? I'm sorry. We don't do that anymore. I said, okay, thank you. And I drove off. Yo. I said, fuck that. Man, I got, I got to make a high recommendation here for, uh, for some fast food gravy. Uh, go hit up Dairy Queen for breakfast. And, really? Yeah, and hit up their biscuits and gravy or like the chicken and gravy burrito. Hit one of those up, bro. That's actually that's actually fucking low key fire. Like their Dairy Queen's breakfast menu is stupidly, stupidly small, but god damn it, is it good? Yeah, I ended up going to Burger King, which don't get me wrong, it was still really good. But man, it, it was something about those old timey. I remember it used to come in this yellow, this uh, like a uh, styrofoam. Yeah, with yeah. McDonald's. Yep, yep. With a yellow top and like the red lettering. Yep. Nothing like opening that up and seeing the the, the smoke from the biscuit. Oh. That was, all right, so all this talk, man, uh, the steak might have to be tomorrow. I may have to do that frozen breakfast pizza. <laughs> the frozen breakfast pizza is not like the one that I had. Like, it, it doesn't have a gravy base, unfortunately, but it's still a breakfast pizza, so it's close enough. Yeah. So I may have to do that. I will say, I don't, I don't like I said, I don't know what I'm going to have for dinner tonight, but last night I did have some homemade wings. Ooh. Had drums and legs. Oh. And um, had garlic, homemade garlic parmesan. And then a Thai Asian barbecue. Bro, speaking of that, did you see that fucking Taco Bell has wings? I'm so brutally disturbed by this. Yeah. <laughs> I I haven't ate Taco Bell since they got rid of the, pizza. the, the Mexican yeah, pizza. Yeah. And I will definitely not go there now that they have wings. Yeah, like I, I, s- I saw that on like Twitter and stuff. They have wings. I'm like, bro, this disturbs the fuck out of me. And I sent it to my uh, my friend Andy, who's a big Taco Bell guy. And he's just like, you know, I went there the other night and I saw it on the menu and I thought I was having a fever dream. And now you sent me this and I'm like, oh shit. And he sent me a TikTok earlier where someone's just like, just had Taco Bell wings. He's like, I don't feel too good. And it shows like all the wings <laughs> eating. And then it shows like the next shot is, I, I, I fully, I don't think that the wings actually did this it's just for the meme of the tiktok but then the next shot shows him in a hospital <laughs> with, with looking at the screen he's like bro the taco bell wings put me in the hospital which i don't think that's true but yeah. you know either way that was fucking hysterical for the laughs yeah so i don't know that's sketchy to me uh but any last thoughts i'll hit the music we can go ahead and get our way out of here nope i think that's it brother good show good show a lot of talk about man i'm ready for some playoff football I'm ready for some playoff football uh sad that college is over longest off season like you said but uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up soon with the recruiting, mock drafts and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Super Bowl is just a few weeks away. Yep. Is it February 10th? I think so. Because that, that, it's usually the second Sunday in February, right. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it may be on Valentine's Day, to be honest. 13th. 13th. Yeah, 13th. The 6th should be like the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. Yeah. If they do the Madden one again. But, yeah, it should be the 13th. So... All right, so let's try to do that closeout that Shane did last week that I was super fucking tired and just failed to do and with honestly, him. Guys, it, uh, and honestly, guys, if you listen to that, that came, like, in the spur of it the did, moment. It did. Like, I was just sitting back, and he was talking, and I was like, fuck, I'm, I'm winging it. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, if you made it all the way to the end, we appreciate the hell out of you for that. Make sure to go check us out on Twitter at Show. Go follow all of us at Twitter. Uh, be a friend. Tell a friend that you're watching. Subscribe to the channel. And thank you so much for listening to A A Terrible Terrible Football Show. Show. See you next time.